When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You know, different protocols, different, uh, a lot of uh, information gathering from uh, COVID people and from the league. And But uh, it's been good. You know, we had good meetings today and hopefully we'll get out to practice tomorrow. All right. Just what the Vikings needed this week. Just a, a COVID derailment of Wednesday practice before this game against the Texans. Uh, both teams winless. You know, uh, celebratory or to uh, to wash away your tears. Corona Heart Seltzer is probably going to be your friend on Sunday, Dex. It, it's great that you can uh, mop up your tears. You can celebrate. You can do a, a lot with the Corona Heart Seltzers. There's there's numerous options in play. Uh, you know, we did four verts in week one after that disastrous wow. game. Four verts, and now I've been I've been more in single back formation. I've been in some pistol. Been uh, some option plays. I, I have all the football options are on the table. Do you ever intended. do you ever set up eleven Corona Hard Seltzer mangoes on one side, and then Corona, and then maybe like uh, right. or eleven uh, eleven and eleven, and the cherries on the other? Yeah, I, w- I would play think a little zone cherry defense. You could even you could even go all blackberry lime on offense and lime wow. on defense. You could even do that because wow. Corona Hard Seltzer is the only hard seltzer made with pure beach vibes with, with a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango cherry, and blackberry lime. Krona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Krona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Krona Hard Seltzer spike sparkling water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Football. Well, we're going to try and get everything in that we normally get in. We ha- we have to push back our days a little bit with, um, you know, with some of the testing that we have to do now. You know, we we had basically all day to meet with the players today, and we had quite a bit of meeting time. So what we'll do is we'll have a little less meeting time and a little bit more walkthrough and practice practice times the next couple of days. All right, Mike Zimmer talking about just what a weird week this is for the Vikings. They have not had any positive COVID tests, even though the Tennessee Titans, last week's opponent, had their game postponed as of this morning. Purple Daily, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgat, Declan Goff producing, and our guest to start off this episode, Sarah Barshop, ESPN.com's Houston Texans reporter. And, uh, and Sarah, I think just to give you a sort of a vibe of what's happening here, the sports landscape in the Twin Cities, it's a double dose of Minnesota versus Houston, and round one went emphatically to the Astros. And so Minnesota sports fans are just kind of wondering, like, are, is, are the Texans going to deliver the knockout blow, or or what's going to happen here when two 0-3 teams meet this weekend? I was going to say, is there really a knockout blow when both teams are 0-3? Yeah, it's, it's a pillow fight. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not. Not at all. <laughs> it's sort of sad. It's a valid point, yeah. Um, so what is like, how, how bad is it on the Owen three front for the Texans right now? Because I, I look at their schedule and I, th- I think from a distance, I can at least say, 
all right, well, they played maybe the toughest three-game stretch of any team in the NFL, and so there's a little bit of a built-in excuse. So how, how 0-3 are they in your mind? So when I when the schedule came out and I picked the games, we did that before the season, I had them going 1-3 through the first four games, although I think I had them beating Pittsburgh and losing to Minnesota. So I don't know that I'm surprised. I think the way they lost, like they really, in some of these games, the scores have been closer than the game seems. Um but I can tell you, uh, we don't actually, we don't go in the locker room anymore, but I can tell you from w- just the Zoom calls with these guys, I mean, this doesn't even remind me of 2018 when they lost three in a, three in a row to start 0-3. I remember them, it was pretty positive. It was like, well, we've got this. And Deshaun Watson's been decently positive about it, but even he, it seemed yesterday on the Zoom calls, was like annoyed, you know, as you probably should be if you're 0-3. J.J. Watt? seem more upset than I really remember seeing him after the game and Wednesday, yesterday. So I don't know. I I think they do recognize, like I saw the stat, I think it is the toughest three-game stretch to open the season in the NFL. It's their three toughest games of the season, I think, if you look at the FPI percentages. So, you know, I think they acknowledge that this is the hardest part, and now we've done this before three years ago. We can go on this streak. But I do think the teams are a little different. Um, And – I don't know. I, I, I'd be, I'm very curious to see how they come out on Sunday against the Vikings. Do you get the impression that privately, because obviously they're not going to come out and say this, Sarah, but do you get the feeling that they look at this game in particular and they see a struggling, scuffling, I will say this, not very good, really, Vikings team and think this is the one where we turn the corner? Because to your point, those first three games and opponents were tough. This provides them at home an opportunity to get well in a lot of ways pretty quick, I think. And in front of fans, they didn't have fans in their home opener. They're going to allow up to, I think, 1,300, uh, sorry, 13,000 fans for this this game. So I think they see it as the point they have to turn the corner, right? Like if you're Owen, they've done 0-3 and made the playoffs, although I would argue that this division is a lot harder this year. Um, they had more talent in 2018, but I think that you don't come back from 0-4 and make the playoffs. I would think that historically that probably hasn't happened, and if it has, it's very, very rare. So I think they know that – I'm sure both teams know they have to win. I think the you look at the defenses. I actually was looking at their next six games are all against teams who are in the bottom half of passing yards allowed. So I think maybe Deshaun Watson looks at that and thinks, okay, like, I've got to turn it around. I don't think the Watson we've seen through these first three games is the Deshaun Watson we're seeing in that we will see this further on this season. I think he's a good quarterback. Uh, I think that he deserved that contract, and I think he'll show us why soon. Uh, maybe he won't play at the MVP level he was playing in the middle of last season, but I do think we'll see some improvement from him even without DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, where do you think – I mean, the, we talk about quarterback contracts here all the time because Kirk Cousins makes $33 million and and doesn't play like it on a regular basis. So money aside, where do you think – and just sort of the, the, the vibe, you talking to people in the NFL and with the Texans, if you're, if you're sort of going through quarterback tiers – um, where where do you think Deshaun Watson is right now? I mean, is I think it's probably Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson are probably somewhere around the top tier. I mean, where where do you think Deshaun Watson is or should be? I think going into the season, I probably would have told you that he was entering that tier. And right? like he had the chance, the strong start to the season. He played at kind of that for part of last season. He played. He started to play himself into that conversation. Obviously, the contract puts him firmly in that conversation in terms of contract-wise. So I think he was getting there now through the first three games. We haven't seen that. 
maybe he sets the world on fire the rest of the way. And it's like, okay, well, this is just a tough, tough uh, stretch of the season. Um, I probably put him right below those guys. Um, although I, I do think he needs to take a step forward. Like we've looked at him, you know, he tore his ACL his rookie year, but he's had these pieces. He's maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's not him. Maybe it's the Texans offense. You know, they traded away his best receiver. So, but I, I, I do think that a, a great quarterback makes everyone around him better. And we see that. So I'll be curious to see what this next stretch looks like. Like, does he play not just better, but does he play a lot better to the level of maybe what not Patrick Mahomes has done, but but maybe just below that. Why is Hopkins gone? Well, because, I mean, he, he clearly was such a key guy there. What, was that a, a, a case where things couldn't be repaired relationship-wise between the franchise and him, or was that a premature move by the team that's just uh, going to come back and bite them at least consistently through this season, do you think? Well, definitely will come back. I think it's already come yeah. back and bite them. Bit them. Um, I, I, yeah, I think a lot of things. Bill O'Brien said that you can't pay a left tackle, a quarterback, a top wide receiver, and defensive end. Now, I would argue that other teams have found a way to do that. Um, look at the Chiefs. They've paid a lot of people, and they somehow have made this work. Um, so I don't – but I don't think it was preemptive. I mean, I think the relationship was damaged. Um, I saw Hopkins said, we haven't talked to him since the end of last year. And But I saw him that uh, – I think the Sports Illustrated story, he said, like, I knew if I asked for a trade or if, I knew if I asked for more money, they would trade me because they didn't want to pay me more. So I think that relationship between Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins wasn't going to, you know, was kind of beyond repair. But I, I don't I think it could have worked on the football field. I mean, they don't have to be best friends for this to work and for Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins to have a great year. Um, so I think the Texans just saw that they could go in a different way. Um that, that we've talked about, like everyone's talked about, right? Like the value for the trade wasn't there. Right. The trade keeps looking worse and worse. Um, so yeah, I mean, it will definitely bite them. I was actually just talking to my editor the other day and I was like, at what point do I stop like harping on the fact that they traded him? Like every time I write something, <laughs> I'm like, Oh, the offense is bad. And also they had a really good wide receiver last year. So um, yeah, I think that's something that Texans fans will always look at um, regardless of how the season had started for Hopkins. But the fact that it started the way it did, Back to David Johnson's season has started the way it did. And even like the icing on the cake is they kind of said, well, Ross Blacklock was that second round pick they got in the trade. They're like, oh, we got the second round pick. Um, yeah, he was inactive last week because he was ejected from week two for punching someone. So, oh, right. That's always, yeah, right. That's always good. It's <laughs> always good. Um, if you look, by the way, uh, Sarah Barshop, uh, ESPN.com Texans reporter is, is our guest to start off the show here. Um, if you if you look at coaches in the NFL who've at least been with their current team longer than three years, so I'm going to take Matt Nagy off the board, and I'm going to take Mike Vrabel off the board. Mike Zimmer, Dan Quinn, and Bill O'Brien have the three best winning percentages of coaches that haven't won a Super Bowl, if I'm looking at this right. And uh, Mike Zimmer's 0-3. He just signed a new contract, so he's not in immediate danger. But Bill O'Brien is 0-3. Uh, how hot is his seat? What What is the vibe when it comes to Bill O'Brien and what he needs to do here to remain the coach of the Houston Texans? So a lot of me, again, before the season thought, there's no way, right? Like, especially in a pandemic, you don't want to pay a, another coach. You don't want to pay another general manager. They're still paying Brian Gain. You know, like, if money is tight right now, you're probably not trying to just get rid of him. Um, I, I have a hard time seeing him being gone just because – 
Cal McNair is committed to him, right? Like when someone's your general manager and your head coach, in some ways it makes it easier to just start again if you get rid of him. But I, I also think that by giving him the contract extension um, after the 4-12 and 12 season, um, by naming him general manager last offseason after he traded Clowney and all that stuff, I just think that he has shown such a commitment to him that it looks even worse for him, for, for the McNair family, if they're like, oh, well, you didn't handle this right. So I think he – I don't know if it's a hot seat, but – if we're talking about a two-win season, a four-win season, you know, that most coaches are not safe for that, especially if there are no injuries. Like Deshaun Watson's healthy and that happens. Um, but I think Deshaun Watson is good enough that that's not going to happen. I think they will win. I don't know that they'll make the playoffs, but um, that's what he does, right? That's what Bill O'Brien does, makes the playoffs. There's an extra playoff spot this year. Um, and <laughs> in the first round mostly, or they probably should before Deshaun Watson Wilson back against Buffalo last year. That extra so, playoff spot, like we're gonna the Bill, we, Bill O'Brien playoff spot. It is. It, they should name it after him. But also, it's the you know when Pete Carroll took the Seahawks. Remember, they were seven and nine. They won their division. I, we're gonna see like a six and ten team at some point yeah. with this extra playoff mm-hmm. spot. I guarantee it in the next ten years. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Texans for I think his first three years went seven and nine, um, and they've actually like had double digit wins. I think the last two years. When I think about the fact they've won the division four out of the last five years, it's like, and I've watched for. Four of those years, I have watched every, every, or five, I guess. I've watched every single one of those games, and it's just like, oh, that's right. Yep, no, they do win, but not much in the playoffs. So how much concern, in your mind, does there have to be about what you just talked about, which is O'Brien is coach GM, which unless you're Belichick, I absolutely hate. Um, but that they're going, that they are going to uh, almost be forced in their mind because he's making all the decisions, including personnel. Why, Sarah, uh, to double down and keep him? Uh, because to me, that's what could really set a franchise back when you don't have that GM to stand between the guy who owns the team and the coach. And now that coach is making uh, decisions personnel wise that sometimes can really hamper a franchise long term. How much do you think this could come back to bite them, giving Bill O'Brien as much power as they have? Yeah, I mean, especially because they have their quarterback. Like, this is not a, right. a team or a franchise even of 10 years ago when you're like, well, we don't have a quarterback. We don't really have anything to build upon. Now you've got – I mean, you've already spent Deshaun Watson's rookie contract and you don't have anything to show for it in terms of playoff success. So at what point, like there's two years before his contract really um, starts taking a percentage of a high percentage of the salary cap. And I'm just curious how long, like how much that plays into Cal McNair's thought process. Like, do we give Bill two more years or is it more important to find, get someone in now who can try and take, you know, take Deshaun to the next level in that. But yeah, I think that's when you put all your eggs in one basket, you are starting again you know, if you decide to fire that guy. So Bill O'Brien always talks about how they have a very collaborative process. There's a lot of people in the front office and they all work together. But my guess is that he's the one making the final decision. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you're definitely playing with fire, especially with Deshaun Watson's future. Hey, Sarah, last thing for you here. Uh, I know you've been immersed in Texans land and so you haven't been following the Vikings super closely, but you did before the season. You said you did have. Uh, you had the Texans starting one and three, and one of those one of those losses was originally going to be to Minnesota. Uh, what is your sort of thirty thousand foot viewpoint of the Vikings from where you sit and and Kirk Cousins, um, and just what what's what's your big picture opinion of them going into this game? I think I when I think about the division, I like the Packers are so good this year that 
and I don't know if the Bears are good, but they are three, you know. And so I think I've always thought of like, well, if Kirk Cousins can figure it out, they've got a good team. They've got a great running back. Um, you know, if you can figure that out, you can probably, you know, make make some moves in the division just because if the Packers are the only other good team with the extra playoff spot too, I just think they had a chance. But, I mean, they also had a tough start to the season though, right? Their opponents are also 8-1. Yeah, it's, it's it's tough because like the Titans are three and zero, but then you watch them actually play for three hours, yeah, and it's like, impressive. all right, they made a ton of mistakes, and they're trying to give you know give games away. Um, I don't know the Vic- the Vikings. I mean, if here's the thing: if they don't beat the Texans, they've got a road game at Seattle in Week Five, so that's Owen. You're Owen five at that point, and you've got a game you know after the bye against the Packers. So we're we're literally sitting here, and I don't know if it it's certainly not the Vikings because you already have your franchise quarterback uh, there, Texans fans. But Vikings fans are just sort of clamoring for, listen, if it's going to be that bad, let's just do it one year, go draft Justin Fields or something, and move on with our lives. And so Vikings fans are very split right now, kind of rooting for them to win a little bit against the Texans, but also kind of rooting for just a train wreck one time and go get go get your Deshaun Watson, you know? Yeah, well, see, the Texans can't do that because they don't have their first-round pick this year. The Miami Dolphins might have a very good pick if this goes south for the Texans. So at least at least the Vikings have a pick to, to look forward to. Yep. Great stuff. Thank Sarah, you, Sarah, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me on. All great. right, that's uh, Sarah Barshop from ESPN.com. She reports on the Houston Texans. Hey, back to the show in just a moment. A quick thank you to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated has been helping business owners for over 100 years. Think about that. And by the way, not that I'm still bitter and salty, they've never lost 18 straight playoff games at Federated. They never would because uh, they're competent. They're consistent over the course of time. You can follow Federated Insurance on Twitter as well at Federated INS for fresh, relevant risk management content on a variety of topics like working in extreme temperatures, distracted driving, you name it. Um, FederatedInsurance.com. That's the website to go find out all the resources and uh, to find your local marketing representative. And remember, at Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. And actually, let's let's dive in. Before we get to our picks and pecking order, let's just dive into that, what we just talked about, which is this sort of fork in the road this week, that with that seventh playoff spot, you could talk yourself into as an 0-3 team, especially an 0-3 team that just showed a star wide receiver last week and put up 400 yards offensively. That man, like, yeah, you're not you're not going to go 12 and four anymore. But could you sneak into that seventh playoff spot? And could you could you beat the Texans even if you lose to Seattle? Could you could you beat the Texans? Could you beat the Falcons? And now you're kind of back on your way toward a 500 record. I think that's one path. The other path is you lose to the Texans which is very possible because the, the Texans are loaded at quarterback. And they played and, three really tough games. Yep. So it is a road game, even though there's not going to really be enough fans to make uh, an impact. And then you play that road game against Seattle, and now now you're 0-5, and now you're officially tanking for Trevor, failing for Fields. What do you make of this this split path heading into Sunday? I make of it that if I'm the Vikings privately, I prefer to lose. They won't, but I would. I don't see a way that that, that this is going to be. Look, I mean, they are literally, I think, it's very safe to say now, going to get to six or seven wins. And I would ask this from a long-term perspective. What's the point? What is the point? I don't think that you're good enough to ultimately chase that playoff spot. And the amazing thing here is 
I'm not talking about the Vikings offense. I'm talking about one thing, their defense. It stinks. It's not going to mature. Guys can get experience, but overall, you are never going to be good enough with the personnel that you're going to put on the field weekly in 2020 to turn some type of magical corner. And, oh, my God, we've got the sixth or seventh playoff spot. So if I'm internally looking at at this, I stay on my plan. I stay. I continue to play my young players. I continue to get them experience. My offense might pop up and win me a game or two or four. I don't know. Um, But when I look at, at, even with their struggles against good teams, Deshaun Watson and the Houston offense, all right, against the Vikings defense, I don't look at that and say, hey, that's a fun matchup. I look at that and say, nightmare for the Vikings. So I think the course that the Vikings are on and doing what they're doing with their players right now and playing their young players and and doing what they have to do is the best plan. But I don't see a magical... Week eight, it changes in 2020. I just don't. Yeah, this is. And I'm comfortable with that, too. I'm not mad, just comfortable. This is a very winnable game. So let's start there. This is a game that the Vikings can win. And -hmm. it's a game that I think the Vikings maybe should win. I think if you you start to go, we we did these offseason tail of the tapes just for the season, right? And if we went tail of the tape, which head coach do you take, Bill O'Brien or Mike Zimmer? I'm taking Mike Zimmer. Okay. I think they're both probably in a similar tier. Like they're they're not in that Bill Belichick, uh, Andy Reid tier. They're probably in like the second or third tier. But um, I think Mike Zimmer is borderline top ten head coach in the NFL, and I think Bill O'Brien is probably more like borderline bottom ten head coach in the NFL. So they're not. I don't know. He's as bad a coach as you think. I think he is an awful personnel guy. That's a fair point. And that's I think a fair that's point. and I think that's the Texans' mistake. They get they gave a buffoon too much power. That's a fair point. Uh, quarterback. All right, I'm taking I'm taking Deshaun Watson over Kirk Cousins seven days a week and twice on Sunday. But then you start to get into some of the other things. Offensive weapons. Well, the Vikings have two star receivers now as of last week. Justin Jefferson has arrived. Mm-hmm. The Vikings have Dalvin Cook. The Houston Texans, all right, they they brought Brandon Cooks in, and he's not a disaster at receiver. But Randall Cobb is past his prime, and Will Fuller is fine as a deep threat. But I'll take the Vikings wide receivers. I think they're more top-heavy, and I'll take the Vikings at running back. Uh, if you want to go total defense, the Vikings defense is kind of a train wreck. So is Houston's. Houston has allowed 30-plus points per game this season. Tougher schedule, but neither one of these teams is uh, is the 1985 Chicago Bears. Both of them have at least one competent to elite pass rusher. If Daniel Hunter comes back at some point, the Vikings have the advantage there. Um, so this is this is a very winnable game. But if you if you win it, you better go. Like if you're going to win this game, you better beat Atlanta in two weeks. You better beat Green Bay, and you better go and get a playoff spot. Because if you win this game and you finish five to. and eleven, you are wasting your time. But they can't. And here, but here's the thing about Sunday's game, where I don't even think a moron like Bill O'Brien can screw it up. Okay, one position, it's one player, Deshaun Watson. You tell me this: How is this Vikings defense, as currently constructed, going to stop him? Because if he starts to throw and they focus on that, guess what he's going to do? Use his feet. They don't have the ability long-term in any game to stop the run. They don't. The middle of that defensive line has us playing. I mean, it's that bad. And so, actually, look. In the, in the post-COVID, it's a, weight-wise, it's actually pretty Oh, we're close. better because I can anchor that puppy. <laughs> but if you look at, at, can they stop a team run-wise in a game for a quarter? Probably, yes. Four quarters, Deshaun Watson. Literally, here's the problem. Pick your poison. 
Because whichever poison you pick, I'm going to poison you with my other poison, which means if you're going to stop him from running and being creative, he's going to start throwing. You're in trouble, okay? Now you're going to drop more guys into coverage, and you're going to stop him from throwing. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to have him run. You can't stop him. Bill O'Brien would need to be among the worst coaches in the history of the National Football League, which I don't believe he is when it comes to coaches, not to devise a Watson game plan here that's going to pick the Vikings absolutely apart in some way, and that's where I can beat you, I think. Um, yeah, it's 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 tough to sit there and and watch Ryan Tannehill make some mistakes, but also sort of carve your defense apart and watch what's happened in these first three weeks, and then you know come up with some sort of conclusion that the Vikings defense is going to be fine against Deshaun Watson. Right. Uh, it's it's a lot of and men- Russell Wilson. Mental gymnastics. Then it's going to put the fork in your bleeping. You know what? Yeah. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of mental gymnastics for sure. The Vikings injury report, real quick here. Uh, so Chris Boyd did not practice. Mike Hughes with the neck did not practice. And Cam Dantzler was limited in practice, um, even though these are all just like what they would have done yeah, if they if had actually practiced. practiced. If there wasn't COVID, if there right. wasn't COVID concerns, yes. Yeah. Um, so those are and those are the only three that showed up, right? Just the three cornerbacks. I don't think. Well, well, Barr's out for the year. Yeah. And Daniel Hunter is not showing up in the injury report because he's still on injured reserve, and so they don't. Yeah, have but to he, talk but here's status. the weird thing: is he can come off it now. So the question becomes when and and, to, they, and they to, might, to be clear, I'm not asking for it. Okay. Yeah. Leave him on the IR as long as you want. I think it's a good idea. But don't you think so? So he was supposed to spend three weeks on IR and then reevaluate. Correct. If you were still all in on winning games and going to the playoffs this season, and he was ready to come off IR, then he would come off IR. They wouldn't necessarily announce it until closer to Sunday if they didn't want to. But um, especially because they didn't practice yesterday. But if you were to be if you were to be back at practice today, they would have to take him off IR, right? And put him on the report if if he didn't practice in full too. So, but by the way, I'm fine now. I'm, I am as comfortable as you can be comfortable with being a bad team. This is I'm fine doing, with me. I just, I'm it doing. doesn't, it doesn't, to me, to me, the last thing I want to see is this team pop up and win losable games. Last Sunday, I'm telling you, as far as the blueprint goes, for 2020, last Sunday to me, ideal. I enjoyed the game. That's all I want. And you lost by a point. And you know what? It gave us talking points. It was it was a dissectable game, which I mean the Packer game, right? Barely dissectable because it's just stunk. The Colts game was a train wreck. Last Sunday's game to me, if you were to program the perfect Vikings game for a season in which this team might be bad, they played it. They played it. And and the last thing, guys got valuable experience, which is what I want. Or invaluable. Or not valuable. Depends on you look Whatever. at. Like no, no, no. The court, no. The the young defensive backs like like Chris Boyd who played, <laughs> I think got valuable because my assumption is, is you do have a large group of these guys or a group I should say not large, a group of these guys who are going to grow from this and a one point loss this year turns into a two point win in two years. So instead, you're saying in the pregame where they go like one two three you know, something, you're going to say one two three. Lose. Let's let's grow with a loss today. Grow. Let's no. let's gain some experience. No, it's so got to be one word. Gain valuable experience. One two on three. Th- one two three. Interesting. <laughs> be entertaining. I wanted, inter- I wanted but interesting. Lose late in the fourth quarter. I wanted interesting. Fail for fields. Was it not interesting? It was interesting. Thank it you. was interesting. Thank you. Um, all right, we're gonna get to our pigskin packing order here. Excuse me, in just a second. But today is the last day. If you are interested. In winning our Purple Daily Corona Heart Seltzer Ultimate Home Tailgate Party, 
a 65-inch TCL TV with a soundbar, $200 worth of Grunhofer's meats, and $100 of MGM wine and spirits. That's a lot of meat, that's a lot of TV and football, and that's a lot of MGM wine and spirits right there. It's all free to enter if you want to win that package. You can you can enter one of two ways. Go to scorenorth.com and click on rewards at the top menu bar, and then you'll just see the, the giveaway. Uh, or you can just download or open the Score North app. It's free in the Apple and Google Play stores, and you can register your name and email and enter through the listener rewards link in the top right corner. Let's rank some football, football. teams here. Guys. We call this our weekly pigskin pecking order. We're a day late because we got really deep into the Kirk Cousins weeds yesterday. But um, 1 through 10, we'll start with 10 and go up. What is your pigskin pecking order this week, Judd Zolgad? All right. Uh, appropriate music. I, I need the board. music. Thank you very much, yep. Maestro. It's you and Randy. You have Randy to needs the for, music. You have to call for the I music. I need the music. I will hit you on the ones and All right, two. we got some shit. I, do. <laughs> I don't get that phrase. Football. That's okay. That's I don't okay. Need, I'm old. I, I don't the need... fact that you don't get it gives, gives me life. I know so it does, and I actually fine. enjoy the fact that you're trolling me because yes. it makes me laugh. Yeah. Okay, so there have been some changes. Uh, a, at least one drastic one, which I was sadly forced to make in the pigskin pecking order yeah. this week. Number 10 on my list, the Los Angeles Rams wow. at 2-1. and one. They got beat in Buffalo. They almost came back. I think they're a fun team, and I do think Jared Goff is probably achieving who he is now. Two years ago was probably too much, right, the Super Bowl year. And last year was probably not enough. And I think he's, he's now becoming, in Sean McVay's offense, who he probably truly is. So I'm putting the Rams at 2-1-10. Dropping from second, it was fun while it lasted, and I really thought since they were playing the Lions, it might last for at least another week because I wasn't going to move them from second until they did lose. The Arizona Cardinals, who I still like, and I do think that division is just fantastic. Uh, there's, not, there's not a bad team in that division. That division is so much fun. Yeah. It really is. Those are all, like, in, in any other division, those are probably all at least nine-win teams. And all and all of those teams are in my rankings here. Wow. Number eight is... The San Francisco 49ers, 2-1, they stay 8th. Number 7, Dex called this in week 1, and I sort of like, oh, let's wait and see. And then I think I, I, surprisingly, as I went back and looked, didn't rank them in week 2, but I have to now because they are a legit 3-0 and zero now, the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers, my God. Okay, I guess mm-hmm. the I guess the he's cooked uh, chatter is done. Oh, and and uh, quickly, the Titans and Bears did not make it in my rankings. The Titans underwhelm me, and the Bears. I'm sorry. When you're forced to lift your starting QB during the course of the game, in which you achieve three and zero, you don't make my uh, my rankings. So the Green Bay Packers though do at seven. Number six, staying put, but with room to move up very soon. But they blew a big lead before they came back and won again. Mm -hmm. The Buffalo Bills. Stephon Diggs and the Buffalo Bills. Three and oh, they stay six. Are they one of the most, if if there was like an NBA league pass, you know how NBA league pass, you have. League, yeah, the teams you watch. There's always like the league pass rankings of who you're going to watch, who's the fun team to watch. I think the I think the Bills might be in the top three yeah. of just like fun teams to watch right now. Bills, Seahawks for sure, right? You've yeah. got to oh, watch yeah. Russ. Chiefs, but they're always just on national TV. Yeah, the Chiefs week. don't count now. Exactly they're, they're right. So, okay, the Buffalo Bills, number six. Number five, also uh, staying put and still perfect, Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers. I feel like uh, Pittsburgh and Buffalo next week could uh, both move up dramatically. 
But for now, I'm going to leave them because I'm going to leave my number four team as well. They lost uh, to the Seahawks, but it was a very close game, Sunday night game. Now, a week ago, fantastic, and uh, they are 2-1. and one. It's the Patriots. God bless them. I mean, Belichick sends his entire team basically home claiming COVID. He gets a quarterback who, to be clear, nobody else at the time basically would touch. And he could be 3-0. and He's 2-1, and the Patriots number four. We're going to find out this week. They play the Chiefs. We'll find out just how legit the Patriots we are. We will indeed. And now my top three, they're sort of boring. And, and I, I would guess that in some way, shape, or form, it's a combination of the top three for each one of us. But I go Baltimore three, staying put. Seattle three and oh goes from seventh for me to second. I mean, Russell Wilson, my God. It's yeah. just, I don't know what more to say. It's incredible. I mean, the Vikings, do, do they have to go there? I mean, can they just basically say, <laughs> what if they, you know what? what? You get the win. Actually, would it be better for the Vikings if they said, listen, uh, we just need to rest up some guys because we're too hurt. We'd rather just like give you the win oh, so it. that we don't get more injured players. I got it for you. This is the week you claim COVID. But then they, but, but then you have to reschedule the game later. Possibly. No, no, no. You just say it's done. <laughs> Here's my problem. Here's Classic. my problem with that game. So my entire Vikings theory is based on on valued experience, right? Like, we played against the Titans, and we got... I don't think it's valuable to have Russell Wilson absolutely decimate you. Like, like you're taking classes, right? And so, so you know, you go to a class, and maybe you bump up a math class, okay? But my problem with the Seahawks is I feel, I feel like the Vikings defenders are in third grade, and you're sending them to an honors course in college mm. against Russ. It's not a good idea. No. And then... Number one, the Chiefs. Yeah. So I go uh, Chiefs, Seahawks, Ravens, Patriots, Steelers are my top five. Bills, Packers, Niners, Cardinals, and Rams are my bottom five. Wow. Major omission in your in your list that I'll, I'll throw out here. Uh, I'll speed through mine real quick here and we'll get to Declan's. Nice. So my honorable mention is the Colts. All right. The Colts aren't as bad as... Like the, the teams the Vikings have played are flawed, the last two teams. Yeah. But the Colts defensively have allowed only 45 points in three games. So that's a good defense. They've uh, they've gotten out to a good start, so they're my honorable mention. I've got the 49ers at ten, a mm-hmm. ton of injuries, a backup quarterback, and they still just absolutely wiped the floor last week. So 49ers tenth, Rams are ninth for all the reasons Judd said. They're just a really good, well-run team, and Jared Goff might not be a star, but he's been reliable in a, in a system that works. And the Rams have been very formidable so far this year. I almost feel like the Bills are too low at eight, but I've got them eight for now just because they seem very volatile. Like they blew a massive lead, needed some luck and help from the officials, but that offense is explosive. Josh Allen is sometimes he's a ticking turnover time bomb, but he's now sort of maxing out 300 plus yards and finding Stefan Diggs. He's an MVP candidate right now. MVP. He is. I, I still think that there's going to be a major fall uh, from grace in a couple games. I that, do too, that but. isn't there for Russell Wilson and Pat Mahomes, but. Yeah. But yeah, Josh Allen is is playing well so far. The Pittsburgh Steelers, number seven, just a team that everyone kind of forgot about because they were so nondescript last year. But the Steelers are just never a train wreck. They're even in their train wreck years, they finished seven and nine or eight and eight. And this year they're off to a three and zero start. Ben Roethlisberger's thirty eight years old. He's got uh, let's see here, he's averaging two hundred sixty yards per game with seven touchdowns and one interception in the first three games, and looks like the Big Ben of just a few years ago. So he's playing really well. Got the Steelers number seven. Patriots six. 
Buccaneers were not in your 10. I've got them I consider, five. I considered them. Look, I considered them a dismissal Tom for Tom Brady okay. is clicking. They've got yeah. weapons. Oh, They've yeah, got a yeah. great head coach. And I think they are. I mean, I did consider you know, them. And think about yeah. how they look now, barring injury, is not nearly as good as what they'll look like in a month and two months from now. So the Buccaneers yep. are five. The Packers are four, and we have the same top three. Ravens three, Seahawks two, Chiefs are number one. Declan Goff. You know the gif of that's going around of Cam Newton like sliding yeah. underneath there? <laughs> that's, that's how I feel about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of how I it's like It's like them. Family Guy when Joe yeah. starts crying about like his emotions yeah. and stuff, and all the guys just slide out of the booth. And Peter goes back for his beer, because that's exactly what I'd be doing uh, as well. I'll speed through these quick. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm going to keep the Tennessee Titans at 10. I uh, know they're three and zero. They are a little bit of a fraudulent, but they're three and zero. And and I, I look, you don't just get the three and zero accidentally. They will. They, they might slide down a little bit, but they're number ten for me. Sure. Uh, Los Angeles Rams at number nine. Jared Goff and Sean McVay, I think, are back. And um, we were all sleeping on them. That that is a knock on us. They're number nine. Tampa Bay Bucks come in at number eight. And yes, I was wrong. I already admitted that I almost slid off the chair here. Tampa Bay Bucks at eight. Tom Brady. Uh, yeah. Okay. You're still good, and I apologize to you. Well, oh, you're making the, the declaration. Wow, yeah, I, oh, really I, I didn't. Think, I thought this yeah. would take half a season. Right, I actually, I want to take. I want to use this as a teaching moment for Declan. Okay, yeah. I think you're wrong to admit that you're wrong right now. Yeah, I agree. I think you're too wrong, early. but I think for you to move off yeah. your stance, it's too early. I think you should. Okay. I think you should stand firm on your take until later in the year because you could easily right now say, "I know Tom Brady's off to a good start, but he's old. Mm-hmm. He's going to wind up." Having like a labrum problem in December, like you still have outs. Okay, you still have outs. I'm right? like Rocco Baldelli. I'm, try- I'm aware of it now. No, no, I'm, no, I'm, no, Dex, I'm aware Dex of it. Phil now, is right. Here, here's Cling the thing to about your sports: take as long as possible, <laughs> there is nothing worse that if you follow a hot take with premature wrongulation. <laughs> Don't do, just just wait, just wait because if Brady like has a bad game now, are you going to have to go back and be like, well, no, I guess my hot take right. was right. I'm with Phil. Don't admit to yeah. anything yet. When it becomes, wait for your lawyer to show up. When it becomes it. more obvious, then, then you're good. My attorney. Uh, number seven, New England Patriots. Cam Newton's awesome, man. Bill Belichick uh, had us all fooled. They're number seven. Buffalo Bills at number six. Yeah, they blew a big lead, but they're a fun team to watch. And, and we have to admit, Josh Allen is an MVP candidate. Steelers at number five. Uh, that's another team I think we we're all wrong about. Ben Roethlisberger still has a lot left in the tank. Mike Thomas still a very good coach. They're number five. The Seahawks will be number four for me. I know Russell Wilson's balling out, but Ooh. that defense is, I mean, look, Russell Wilson, I think, is right up there with Rodgers and Mahomes as, as the front runners for MVP. But without him, that team is not good. Like, let's be honest. If you remove Russell Wilson from that equation, that is not a good football team. I think they have weapons. It's been the case for a while, though, right. really. And look, the quarterback's the most important position. They have them. But that, here's the thing. I mean, we all know this, but like, it's the most important position. When you nail it, the rest of your team can be meh, and you can look like they do. True. And when, when you're going down the defensive path, it's like if Daniil Hunter's out and you lose a couple cornerbacks to age and free agency, you're screwed. Yeah. And that's how you start 0-3. Exactly. So, bravo Seahawks overcoming a meh roster sometimes to still be awesome. So Seattle number four. Baltimore Ravens fall down a couple pegs to number three after their loss to the Chiefs. What is it? I think Lamar Jackson 21-1 and in his career against everyone else. That's not the Chiefs in 0-3. I think he's only lost like one or two starts, including postseason. Yep. Well, he's actually 0-6 when trailing going into the second half is in he? his career. Okay. Got it. So that's a thing. But he has been, uh, the Chiefs have his number, but I, I still believe that Baltimore Ravens are the second best team in that in that conference. Packers, number two. Aaron Rodgers is legit, man. All over that Packer band. I love it. And, and look, 
there are guys on the Packers I do like. I do think Alan Lazard is a pretty good wide receiver. We slept on him. I've made my feelings known about Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is, I think, one of the best backs in the league. And they got they're off to three and zero, man. Green Bay is the team to beat in the NFC. They're they're the best team in the NFC hands down right now. And obviously, number one, Kansas City Chiefs. So that's right. my power rankings: uh, ten through one: Titans, Rams, Bucks, Patriots, Bills, Steelers, Seahawks, Ravens, Packers, Chiefs. Come on, football! Football. Do you know what I appreciate? Quickly about Declan and where our our sports son Phil is growing. It's this. We're like, forget about it. Okay, sorry. We need a sports a sports paternity test. Yeah. But here's where I appreciate you, and and your growth in this business is clear. You are still very much a diehard Minnesota sports fan. You should have seen me with Phil watching the last two Twins games. But here, but Declan has but, sports Tourette's. But you like, <laughs> but you like, and have made it very clear that just from an outside view, I think you like Aaron Jones more than Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I or at do. least as much. And I appreciate that. I appreciate the, the, the fact that you can look at two really good players and split the hair without going to the player that plays for the team that you like the most. Yeah, I, I think I appreciate. That. I think it's important, like. I, I don't like Packer fans. Okay, let's be honest. Packer fans are annoying as hell, but I can like players on the Packers. Yeah. That, that's Good totally you, fine. Though. That's totally fine. Yeah, Aaron Jones has 20 touchdowns since the beginning of last year on the ground alone. Yeah, he's really good. He's got four more in the air. He's so, he's used a, so he's used a lot? Weird. Shocking. Correct. How does that work? Can well, someone explain it? Hey, they did use Dalvin last week and f- see what happens. Yeah, the guy goes for almost the guy goes for yeah, 200 yards. Yeah, they get beat by a point, but that's fine. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right, that's a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily. And by the way, we set a new Purple Daily download slash, uh, if you combine our downloads on the podcast and YouTube, uh, a new record last month. So thank you so much for everyone, whether you listen via podcast, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com, or whether you watch us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. Thank you, and we'll be back with another episode tomorrow. You think you like football? Brad Childress doesn't just like football. He f- loves football. I did watch him. I was standing right behind him when he was warming up and saw him kind of reach for his groin and, you know, hold it and whatever you do with the groin. Rub it. That's what I think I witnessed. Um, tw- it twinged a little bit on him.